Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from February 21st, 2021. Hey, everybody. Hey. Did you see your impression of me? That was, that was my year. Do, do it again. Hey, everybody. No, it was a little more grappling the first time. Hey, everybody. Did I right. sound gravelly? A little bit. When you do that, it's hey. like you're, it's, it's your kind of announcer, like just a, just a hey. hint of Harry Carey in there. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Faith Church. Is this us starting? Have we started? I'm start. I'm just talking you're to just you. You're just going. Okay. We just put, we just put microphones on as we walk around the office. This is just, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, you, doesn't people realize that? No, I went on a hike, and guess what happened? What? We went, I can't we to, begin to guess. Well, yeah, I didn't tell you this. We went to the ice caves. I did tell you that part. We went you to did, the ice yes. caves, and it was awesome. And you made it out alive. That's good. Yeah, it was it was a little dicey because um, it it was melting. It was so warm that day, mm. and um, like 40s, and so there was the ice caves were kind of dripping, and um, it was. Are there like giant like ice? stalactites yeah. hanging down like that's what it is is yeah. that not a concern that one of those will plummet well i did hear a mom tell her child don't stand underneath them and i thought it's probably good counsel yeah. i don't know but it was it's pretty amazing um my child um, like slipped down a hill and missed a giant log with her head by inches mm-hmm. and i just stood there frozen watching her thinking i I mean, there's nothing I could do, and fortunately, and she, we were like, "What did you do that for?" And she said, "What?" So it's what? One, of those, <laughs> one of those great moments. But anyway, I was hiking there in the snow, and I was grabbing my camera out of the bag, and something kind of flittered by, and I was like, "That was a mosquito." No, and I thought that that was a mosquito, and then. I couldn't believe it. And then I started questioning myself, thinking there's no way. And then I got to the ice caves and I grabbed my camera out of my bag again and a piece of fuzz came out of the bag. And so then I thought, oh, that was just a piece of fuzz. That wasn't a mosquito. Okay. And then I'm hiking on the way back and my son, I'm, I'm walking with my son and he goes, ah, mosquito. And we looked and there was a mosquito on the ground oh. crawling around floating and fluttering about and my son killed it and we all are filled with gratitude amen i could not believe it that that is not okay robbie in february no i'm hiking through snow it is not okay to have a mosquito out nope i I do not approve where do i file a protest uh with nature i don't know if i don't know if they're hearing complaints they is that like a committee is it a board that's how i view it okay okay they're all coming together all right let's talk about something more important than mosquitoes although now we have a podcast title we do mosquitoes and dot 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 ice caves mosquitoes and well doesn't that spoil the isn't that kind of a spoiler because the big reveal is we're in the ice caves and dot 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 mosquito oh Maybe filing protests with nature. There we go. I don't know. Whatever. But this podcast should not be as long as this last week's sermon. So let's 
let's get this that's a, that's a fair point um so we got some we got some really great feedback this this whole series we've gotten some really good good feedback i think it's been a challenging series for people and we can we'll get to that later but uh i how did you feel coming out of um of wrapping up the the um john series or that's a that's a bit of an overstatement the john 15 through 17 series yes i i felt tired yeah yeah i was pretty i was pretty spent um it was uh it was heavy and so yeah, I guess I, I mean I felt I felt good I felt good about the 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 positive um, feedback that we got so I think it was helpful and like you said we'll we'll get to that but uh-huh. I also knew you know this is one of those things where you know, we talk a lot about I I know that there are people outside of our church family who listen to the the sermons and to the podcast and I think that's fantastic um, but it is always a a good reminder that that we're writing these sermons, we're preaching these sermons for this church. That's right. And that's that's my focus and that's my heart in it. And so there are always things where I just think, man, you know, how are people going to understand this? Is this going to is this going to be you know, do I need to explain this more, unpack this more and you just you hope you hope for trust and you hope that people will, you know, give you the benefit benefit of the doubt and know that um that these are, these are formed in love and a desire to encourage our people, our family to, um, to follow Jesus. And so, um, and to delight in God. So there are always those moments and there definitely were, I'm sure. I don't know if you, if there were ones, I mean, you'd mentioned that there were a couple of things, usually in any sermon that I preach, there's some line that I say that makes you go, <laughs> either either huh oh that's a good one or uh, oh i've never thought of it that way or oh we're gonna get a phone call about that one um, <laughs> or or no one has ever thought about it that way nor should they ever <laughs> again no thankfully I've, I, I have not had that one yet i've never had the mm, you should run that one by the elders before sharing that idea um but uh there was definitely one in this last this last sermon that i thought oh i bet that one will will there'll be some questions behind that one. You, and I'm going to paraphrase here. So forgive me if I, um, if I misrepresent what you said, you can clarify, but, but it was something along the, well, I haven't said it yet. I should wait. Um, forgiven. Something along, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Something along the lines of, um, some sins are worse than others and some truths are greater than others. Um, that is, I think that's one that would be would be helpful to unpack because I mean, for some people, maybe they understood that right away. I think for some people, that might be um, unusual or not how they usually hear that communicated. So, could you unpack that a little bit? I could. You, your paraphrase was much more succinct. Maybe if I would have used your paraphrases, we would have. Somebody, somebody asked me a question on Sunday about the sermon, and. And, and said like, oh, what was Jay saying about that? And I said, well, he was saying this. And they were like, oh, that was way shorter and more clear. Why didn't he say it that way? And I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I had the advantage of listening to his whole thing, plus also having all the conversations over the last week. So also, thirdly, you asked me to summarize it in one sentence. So that if the whole sermon was one sentence long, that would not necessarily be very beneficial. Um, no, there's definitely, well, yes, also... I'm Jay. 
<laughs> and you're I, Robbie. Correct. And this is we just We did the touch way it on goes. that too, saying I'm I'm yeah. trying to be like my dad who believed why say something in two words when it can be said in one? And <laughs> and I'm like I'm trying to be like my mom who <laughs> Felt like, wouldn't Why you like to know in all two the words, words when it can be said in fifty? Yeah, let's <laughs> let's try all the combinations and give you all the all all of the thoughts around it. And so, to be fair, both of them kind of can work in concert. And so, the summary doesn't make any sense if you didn't just sit through the you know the Fact. longer thoughts. So exactly. Um, so yeah, in in that idea that there, it always makes it always makes me cringe, um, but. I was just trying to stick to what Jesus actually says and how he's functioning. The generally good practice. It, it does tend yep. to be, um, but it can be uncomfortable. Yep. And so when you look at it, anytime self-righteousness is in the picture, it is communicated as this is worse. Hmm. And so we, we dealt with that both, you know, with the tax collector and the Pharisee, anytime the, you know, the questions of Sabbath or of, um, you know, of, of eating with sinners or unclean hands or any of these things, the, the sin that Jesus goes after first is self-righteousness. Every time. Every time. Yeah. And so at some point you have to see that pattern and realize he's, he's saying this is a bigger deal. Yeah. And, um, but then also about truths. And I think what, what's important about that is, I know it's hard right now. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm unsympathetic to um, how difficult it is right now to navigate truth in, in, in this culture that we're in right? because it is hard. And I have been grieved. There have been people that I have trusted and have loved and have appreciated who have said things that, that are, I found really discouraging and it can be very disorienting. And you try to think like, oh man, you're, you're so much smarter than me. I should probably like, maybe I should agree with you in this, but then feeling a strong conviction that no, this, this isn't, um, this isn't what Jesus is saying here. And, and one of those things is like when we start one of the dangerous things that the Pharisees did that we see happening right now is when we equate all truths with each other, that we treat it as everything, every truth has equal footing and equal standing. And the problem with that is Jesus didn't say that. So when the Pharisees ask him, or the scribes and the Pharisees ask him, what is the greatest commandment? He responds with the great commandment. First, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, the, all the law and the prophets hang on these two things. Now, what's fascinating to me about that is, number one, it's very rare for Jesus to so directly answer a question like that. Right? That's really strange. Like, yeah. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. So that's number one. Sorry, you're, I just cut you off. No, I was just, I was emphatically agreeing with you that it is, it is so unusual because he, he almost always responds either with another question uh, or with a parable that doesn't always clarify things for particularly for the one who is asking it. Um, but this is one where they ask him a question and he immediately gives them the answer. Which is interesting because you've also pointed out that he often answers the better question. So we yes. talked about like we need to ask better questions. And so he'll receive a question and he'll basically say, 
well, what you should have asked was this, and I'm <laughs> right. going to answer that. Yeah. But this time, they're actually trying to trap him, and he directly answers their question. Right. And what's interesting about it is he doesn't say, well, they're all good. Right. Like all the truths, like the greatest commandment, all of them. Right. Like, obey them all. He he is the one that gives an order. It seems like the kind of question you would think he wouldn't answer, but he does. And, and he says very emphatically, it's very clear. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says to, to kind of double down on it, all the rest hang on those two things. Yes. Yes. All the rest are dependent and flow out of those of those two things. Right. Which means, it means a lot of things, right? Yeah. Like it means, number one, it means that anything, anything that claims to be truth that is not loving of God and of neighbor is not, that is a, a perversion of truth. There's, there's not going to be anything that's true yeah. that then isn't as far as a commandment, you know, goes of like what God is calling us to do or uphold or, or how he's calling us to live that is not subservient to loving him and loving our neighbor. So that's, that's an important um, piece. And so anytime that we think, well, I have to obey this thing over here, and yeah, I know that's going to end up harming my brother or harming or, or um, like dishonoring God, I, I still have to do it because it's truth. Yeah. And you see that happening. You know, one of my favorite examples is the Pharisees with uh, Sabbath and, and healing um, when they when they kind of bring the guy up and they want to see like is Jesus going to heal this guy or not you know because it's on the Sabbath and it was unlawful to do that and and Jesus just says like is it is it lawful to do good or to do evil like why what you're asking this question you're making it about Sabbath but there is a greater commandment here there's a greater thing yeah. going on here yeah. and this this truth about Sabbath is subservient to this greater truth about loving your neighbor. So I don't know if there's, if that makes sense, if there's anything you would add to that as to the importance of, of understanding that. I, man, I, I completely agree with that. I think, I think it's astounding in, in Mark's um, telling of the same interaction. It, it ends with, with the scribe who asked him saying, you're right. Like that's, that's true. Like yes. he, he comes to him first being like, ha ha, I'm going to get you with this one. And then is so astounded by Jesus response. Not only does he say, you are correct. That is the greatest commandment um, to, and I love that that's essentially, it's functionally one commandment, right? To love the Lord, your God with your heart, right. soul, mind, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is the greatest commandment. So those two things are inseparable and and John in in his letters will go on at length at if you if you aren't loving your neighbor you cannot love God so if you aren't loving other people then you are not loving God like they're so inseparable so so that yeah so as you said that idea that you know well you've got to do the right thing you've got to obey the truth and as a bonus if you're able to do so in a loving way then that's that's extra credit um the New Testament would argue if you're not doing it in a loving way, then you are denying that truth and you are not actually obeying it. And then then this is this is such a mic drop moment that then it says, and after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Right. 
Like that was the, that's when all the scribes and the Pharisees look at each other and go, guys, th this is clearly not working. <laughs> like right. obviously like he, like we cannot defeat him. So they hear that and, and understand that is absolutely true. That is the greatest commandment. The problem is that that's as far as it goes for most of them. Acknowledging that what he just said is true, but it does not affect their hearts, except for a precious few. Um, and then more, actually, after the, the, the resurrection. But, um, like, do we, do we both acknowledge that this is true, that this is, in fact, the greatest truth, which then arguably would mean that to disobey this would be the greatest sin, right? Because right. it does not make sense that to break the greatest commandment is the greatest sin. To not love your neighbor as yourself and to not love God with everything that you have and everything that you are is the greatest sin. Um, and all other sins hang on that. I think you could, it would not be a reach to make that statement. Um, then then I completely lost my train of thought. Because <laughs> you're aware that... Because I was so blown away by what I, I was like, oh well, my goodness, that's me true. To, you expected me to say like, nope, not too that's, much of a leap. Uh, yeah, too too far. I just, let too you, far. I, I just let you hang out on that branch. You did, you did. Um, um, I was going somewhere with that and I'm going to tighten well, this up and post. But uh. I'll, I'll jump in because I, I would... Um, I think what's important is it... The temptation to follow the Pharisees in that was it was so strong. Like there, you can't overstate their power and their influence. Yeah, and and people were just so in awe of them that they whatever they said, people believed it. They were they were the ones who were seen standing on the street corners praying, giving um, every question that was asked. They were the ones with the answers, and now Jesus was coming in and and threatening that. Um, and, and they, they're, they're trying to trap him and trick him and to, um, and deny the things that he's teaching. But it's important to understand that some of those Pharisees did believe him. Yes. Um, but they, but they were afraid of their own crew. Right. And we're seeing this right. again right now that, that conservative evangelicals. And when I use that term, I just mean people who have historically believed that the Bible is true that Jesus is the only way to salvation, that that Jesus is God, fully God, fully man. Like these these clear orthodox views that we we mentioned on Sunday. Um, but then, then like I said, believe that in the inspired authoritative word of God, that there is a culture that basically that it it paves the way for kind of this this bullying of just saying like, well, if I just say it's true and I can cite some scripture, then I then you have people kind of going, oh, man, I guess. And that's the same thing that was happening then be, hmm. because it's, it's, it's hard to stand up to that. It's hard to break free from that and to handle some of those accusations. We see that in, in John 12 um, where John's saying, nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, believed in Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. Yeah. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And so hmm. I would say, like, it is, it's not a new issue that the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus 
is going they're going to push against a lot of religion and yeah that's that's never that's never not been the case in our his, in our history and so it's so tempting to give in to some of those fears and to to let people back you into a corner and say like well if you if you love scripture if you believe the truth well then you're going to you're going to stand in this way even though that way sounds nothing like Jesus yeah yeah and so i just want to encourage people in that to to like jesus is he's the pinnacle like he yes. is the word become flesh and and so we don't have to feel weird about following him and doing what he did and saying the things that he says and, and functioning the way he functions. In fact, that's that's what we're called to do. Yeah. And a lot of people try to make that sound. I mean, it's just so interesting right now that we do. We, we have people um, in in our culture who are trying to convince Christians that that Jesus is is not somebody to be followed. I mean, that, isn't that weird to, to yeah. say it like that? Or like the, the words of Jesus. Yeah. People within the church, right? right? We're not talking about people outside of no, the church. No. People within right. the church saying... Yeah, good clarifying there point. is yeah. There is a better way. But but when if, if our argument is, no, there is a commandment that is greater than love your neighbor as yourself, we have to acknowledge that we are at that point in direct opposition to Jesus. We are saying Jesus was wrong. When Jesus yeah. answered the question, what is the greatest commandment, with an explicit, direct answer, he was wrong. And you are certainly entitled to hold that view, but... <laughs> Temporarily. Te you were <laughs> right. Um, but we, we, can't, we can't be flippant about, well, I, I think this commandment is greater, and I think this commandment is expendable um, if it if it is contrary to what Jesus has said, um, that that's dangerous ground. And and I think it should be said here. So we talk about, you know, is there something else I wish I w would have been able to talk about in the sermon? And I, I gave the examples of, of being self-righteous and creating our own law, but I, I took it in the more, what you would typically call the, the more fundamentalist or extreme way. Um, but it goes the other way too. I mean, the, the thing is that when when the Pharisees constructed those fences around the law and kept taking steps back, it wasn't it wasn't just in one direction that that's possible. Like you can you can turn um, you can even turn the great commandment into something that you can build fences around and say, well, then um, to love my neighbor as myself means to um, always always encourage them in whatever they desire. Right. And, you know, if, if I, if I got to make sure that I'm loving them, then I got to make sure that they think that they're being loved, which means I have to say things that they always see as loving, which means I, I should always be encouraging, which means I should celebrate everything. And then pretty soon you find that you're celebrating and encouraging them down a path of destruction, right. which we would obviously say, well, that's not loving. Right. Because I would not want someone to lead me down a path of destruction. So I'm not loving that person the way I would love myself. Right. Right, exactly. And 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 really all that is is just a different form then of living for the praises of men. Yeah. That's right. And so typically these these camps if they are if they are opposing camps, they always like to point out um and I'm guilty of this when I when I find myself swaying to one side, I look at the other side and say, "Well, 
you're living for the praises of men because you're giving in to whatever the world says is normal and and you're denying biblical truth and you're, you're just denying the authoritative word of God to be acceptable to the world. That is a ditch. Yeah. But it is also a ditch to live for the praises of men, the religious men and the religious culture and say and and say things and make stands that that those who are who are being pharisaical about that that they would approve of oh. even when you're denying what Jesus actually said. So I think that that's a that's something that it's just it's just hard to wrestle with. I I do um you know, you mentioned Robbie too that you got some feedback about the heaviness of all of this. Yeah, I mean this whole this whole series. I mean, I've had I, I've been um really encouraged over the last several weeks by how many conversations I've had with people who have been who have been really moved by the series, really convicted um, and and have felt kind of an ongoing heaviness over dealing with indwelling sin, right? because it's it's easy. I don't feel I feel very little heaviness over your sin, right? except when it right. affects me directly. Um, but, I mean, the conviction that comes from within regarding all of the ways that I am uh, grieving the Holy Spirit, like that that feels heavy. That can be really overwhelming. Um, and one, I know you have some in, in encouragement in that. I, one encouragement that I, I would have is just reminding one another that that feeling conviction is not ever fun, right? Um, but But it is a glorious gift from an extravagantly loving father who loves us enough to take that scalpel to our heart and extract those cancerous growths that are clinging to our hearts and our souls. Like it is, it is a beautiful act of grace. And if in the midst of that heaviness, we can, we can remember that, remember that it is not God heaping condemnation on us, but it is God graciously you know embracing us and saying you know dear heart i love you too much to let you continue in this um i yeah i just i i would want to encourage um those of us for whom it has been kind of a heavy series what what, what how would how would you encourage us in that jay yeah i would say um i i mean i would echo that that it is God's loving kindness that he brings that conviction. And I, I look at it and it's, it's a reminder that, um, that Jesus meets us there in that, that the yeah. conviction is a sign that the spirit is alive and well. Mm. And there's just no way that you can listen to a sermon or read something about self-righteousness and not feel some conviction. Like if, if you don't, if you didn't feel any conviction, I mean, I felt tons of conviction preparing it and then preaching it. Um, like that's a, that's a kind of a tall order to preach on self-righteousness. Right. Because how do you do that and not sound like you're being self-righteous about self-righteousness? Right. And, and it's just um, this reminder that, that, it should be a freedom, like it should be a pathway to freedom and to a load lifted uh, off of our shoulders, a mm. weight lifted off mm. of our shoulders. Um, I, I found I, I had somebody this week tell tell me like what what joy it has given them, like mm. the the conviction of their self righteousness has led them 
to feel more freedom and to experience more joy and, and just a lightness about them. And I, I think, yes, that's what, that that's what, what the con- spirit does, right? That's what the spirit does. He brings conviction to bring transformation, which always leads us to freedom because his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yeah. And to wrap our brains around that and, and hopefully understanding that and, and realizing that what we are called to do. And the, the whole point of the series was to abide in Jesus. And the, the burden that I've seen people be crushed by of having to figure out every single little issue and have to figure out like, how am I supposed to respond in every single circumstance? And mm-hmm. what if I say the wrong thing? What if I, what if I accidentally condone this thing or approve this thing? And, and, and it's just, it's just so much to figure out that, that people are not able to just follow Jesus and listen to his voice and commune with him through his word and abide in him as they go through their life. And, and when people are freed from that yoke of having to have all the answers, have everything figured out, know exactly how they're, they're supposed to respond in every situation, they find themselves, I think there's a freedom in just saying, I'm going to, in every moment that comes right in front of me, I'm going to honor God and I'm going to love this person in front of me. And we find that for those that are being transformed by the spirit, that you'll know what to do. You know, that's not to say there's not battles and there's not, but you'll, you'll learn to discern, Hey, that, that emotion that's coming up in me, that's bitterness and frustration and grumbling. I'm not going to listen to that voice. Like this, this is what I actually, like, this is what I think I'm supposed to do. And, and you can imagine Jesus doing that thing. Hmm. Then, the man, just, you just do it and you start to see how, how God blesses that and honors that. And, and there's just a real freedom that happens in that. And that's what I hope for things like this is I don't ever want it to be heavy in the sense of like, you feel like you're beaten down and like, oh, I'm going to get, get another conviction today. And, um, I don't want that. And, and I also don't want the, the people who I don't want us to get to a place where we're just like, we really just like getting that kind of conviction from a sermon because it just it feels like a good workout you know and then you go on about our day um i i hope that it it just that it can be a safe environment where it can um where the kindness of god could lead us to repentance yeah yeah that that godly grief that leads to repentance because in his loving kindness he is he is drawing us to himself and and revealing the ways that that we are not trusting in the abundant life that he is offering, that we are not accessing the joy that is available to us because ultimately that's what, that's how self-righteousness costs us, right? Mm-hmm. In in taking on the yoke ourselves, we end up experiencing none of the, of the lightness of his yoke that he is carrying on our behalf. None of the joy of the freedom that comes from that. It is, it is, uh, aside from grieving the spirit is robbing us of all of the promises of the gospel. That's uh and why, and why would we do that? Right? Yeah. Like why this got brought up in our staff uh, meeting where we're reading through gentle and lowly by Dane Ortland. And that comment got brought up like uh, of self justification and self righteousness. Why would, why would we want to justify ourselves? His, his justification is so much better why would I advocate just for myself on behalf of myself? His, his advocacy for me is, is so much better. 
his his righteousness is so much better we it, it's foolishness um to to try to to create the own the, our own thing and our own standing when what he offers us is just so much greater and if we're able to just kind of lay that down and 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 receive that from him and be led into conviction and repentance and let that yoke be taken off of us I mean, the freedom is just incredible. Mm. And so, yeah, I hope, I hope that we, I'm excited now we're, we're going into another series going through Lent and some spiritual disciplines. So I hope that'll be more of a like practical and, and helpful thing of, okay, this is how let's practice abiding in Jesus together. So, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll be able to catch our breath on the whole conviction of yeah. all this. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause spiritual disciplines are not taking on another yoke, right? No. It's, it's practicing, um, uh, uh, submitting ourselves to Jesus yoke, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's setting down the yoke that we have created and intentionally depending on Christ. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully this, uh, this next series will feel to those of you for whom the, the previous one was heavy. This next one will feel like a nice warm hug. We'll just hug it out <laughs> for a few weeks and, uh, and be like, great. Now here's, here's how we can walk in this together. You know, I'm going to go on some tangent, but, but overall it's going to be a big, <laughs> it's going to be a warm, warm hug. It really is like the, it's practicing, receiving the grace yeah. of God. Yeah. Like I just, I'm, I'm That's really right. excited about that. It's going to be practicing, receiving these gifts from him. And I, so that'll be great. Well, so. thank you so much for listening. And uh, if if anything that we have said in this podcast is particularly encouraging to you or brings up questions, or if over the last several weeks you have felt like this has been heavy and, and maybe you hear that and go, yeah, I'm feeling all the heaviness, but I'm not really feeling the lightness and the joy part yet. Uh, we would love to talk with you, pray with you, walk through that with you. Um, or, or uh, we'd love to hear the stories of uh, the ways that, that God has encouraged you through this and the ways that you are seeing um, uh, setting aside that self-righteousness and, and accepting the righteousness of Christ, uh, how that is, is bringing freedom and joy into your life. So please let us know. You can email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com. Uh, and uh, we're, we're just grateful that you guys would uh, would take some time to listen. We love you, church. Grace and peace to you. Mm-hmm.